All right. Hi. How are you getting on? How's things? You well? Are you good? You look great. You smell lovely. Um, you smell like a lovely uh, whatever you are. You are a woman, man. Whatever. <laughs> Envy. You know. Well, Prince. Like it. Look, Prince. Prince said it best. I'm not to um. I'm not to me. I am something that you never understand. In uh, I would die for you. Um, I read his book, The Beautiful Ones, where he was trying to talk about his child. Absolute, honestly. It's how I would be if I was given free reign. I mean, I'm lucky that I have a couple of people in my life being like, what are you talking about? What are you shouting shy- on about? You know, because I would very easily be like, I'm making a new language. I'd go full Terrence Howard and have Terry, you know, working around the clock, crafting new uh, letters that's going to unify the world. That's what he did. He put Terrence Howard, the first, um, the first war machine. Before Don Cheadle. That's what I know him from. He might be an Academy Award nominee from Hustle and Flow, but I know him as the guy who didn't come back in the grey Iron Man suit. Because I'm dumb dumb. And um, apparently he was, um, apparently he's a super genius. Um, And he had his, he basically had made this new language that had to be communicated through crafting three-dimensional shapes. Like an alien language. And he's like, this is going to unify the world. You know? And Robert Downey Jr. was like, hey, okay. That's Bill Maher. I don't do a Robert Downey. Okay. Um, no, I don't do I don't do No, nope, nope. I don't do it. I don't do a Robert Downey Jr. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that's... <laughs> well, how did I get on to that? Um, anyway, I'm recording this one late. I was in the studs. Um, in the bloody stew pickles earlier, I'd, I'd hate to be in the bloody stew pickles. He looks awful. He looks, oh, he looks like a very malnourished man. You know what? Yeah, stew man, what do you be doing down there? I'm talking about stew pickles from the Rugrats. You know what, DD just be wrecking your head upstairs. Would you? Would you just go down there and you fucking like, oh, you know, pulling the fucking plum off yourself, like? <laughs> I bet fucking stew's down there making one of them fucking fuck dolls, pulling the fucking plum off them, sitting there. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got fucking. Then that's right, of course. Um. But he does look like a very mad. They're awful looking people. They don't. They're not very good parents. The parents from Rugrats. They're awful people. Um, I know the parents from Rugrats. They're awful people. Um, they're rapists. No, I'm doing. No, I'm sorry. I'm doing a Trump. Doing like a Trump thing. Um, I've met the Rugrats. They're rapists. Um, no. Um, I need to stop saying that. No. He. Um, no. I. Um, I think they're awful parents. I think Dee Dee... Look, this is a little brick nephew, right? you got Stu, who's fucking off in fucking la-la land. And I'm not talking about bloody playing the piano with Ryan Gosling. I mean, he's all way with the fucking fairies. He's making robotic cats that are built... Um, he's meant to be toys, but they're trying to kill his son in the opening credits of Rugrats. He's trying to kill this boy. And luckily, you know, Tommy Pickles is probably the quickest draw... Um, at least squirting for squirting bottles in the West, so he's able to take care of this thing. You got Dee Dee, who says she's a good ma, but she's more occupied with what uh, Doctor Lipschitz says, uh, who's a bloody um, child psych. It's kind of like a Freud guy. And then you got you know the granddad, who you know shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't be fucking <laughs> you know chaps fucking you know he's he's confusing his Friday for his Thursday meds, and he's down on whiskey, and he's you know. He even watches a porn in one bit. 
even watches a porn. He gets a, they get movies, and he gets one. Um, he gets one called like Space Vixens. He gets a porn. This guy, he meant to be watching kids. Um, and the other fucking parents know better. You know, Tommy's a good lad, but um, you know, you know, you got uh, Chaz. He's Chucky's dad. You know, he's a little cook. He's a little, you know, and you know, you can't blame his son for being such a coward, such a loser, because he got a dad like that. You know, oh look, I identify with Chucky Finster. I'm somewhat of a Chucky, um, and I'm not talking about just the glasses. You know, um, like I was always, you know, I don't know about this, you guys. I was always me. You know, people would be like, "Come on, let's go to the Telecom Aaron Building. Let's break into the Telecom Aaron Building, the abandoned Telecom Aaron Building that was in Marino." And they'd be like, "Come on, we go in there. We just fuck a lot of books around." Like, I don't know about this, you guys. Then we went to one of the rooms. And the abandoned Telecom Aaron building, right? And spray painted on the wall was a massive weed plant. And we were like, oh my God, massive weed plant. And then I had written, oh, like kind of re- with round letters over the name of the, the name of the Yabo who'd been hanging out there. And his name was Cheese, right? <laughs> and I remember being like, I don't want to be fucking here when Cheese gets back. Like, we need to get, why are you fucking doing here? I leave it, Cheese. Leave it, Cheese. So I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be messing with cheese. You know? You're in here. He's got, he's, he's, this is a shrine to drugs on the wall. You know? Now I realize cheese is probably just a legend. Right? You know, he's, same as myself, you know, created a bit of a man cave for himself. I have mine in a studio on Pier Street. You know? And uh, and he's got his in an abandoned telecom here. And, you know, we're all cut from the same cloth. Um, But, um, so that's Chucky. Then you got Angelica's parents. <laughs> then you got Angelica's parents. You know, you got Drew, Stu's brother, you know. He's an enabler. You know, he enables Angelica's bratty behavior. Um, you know, and I feel like they could, you know, I don't know if they're, you know, they can't conceive another child. Not the, you know, not the, if you want one child, you can have one child. But I don't know if it's the thing. Because, you know, she's a very, you know, her, the man's a very kind of like go garish like a CEO of a company. And I feel, you know, I feel, even though, though what I love about Rugrats is the parents aren't perfect. In fact, they're very dumb and they're delusional. And it's often the simplicity that the children see, that the kid, the, the adults are so preoccupied. They shouldn't be parents. They shouldn't be parents in the first place. Um, but, you know, um, but I do feel like Angelica's ma is kind of singled out as being, you know, why isn't she more there? What about the fucking da? The cook. He's also a cook. They're all the cooks. I tell you, he's the biggest fucking cook is Phil and, Liz, Phil and Lil's da, you know? Don't hurt. Tell you, and the ma's, ma's a piece. Ma's a specimen. You know, I think uh, me and Terry's dynamic is like the par- Phil and Lil's parents. Um, you know, because she's a jock. My wife is a jock. My wife likes rugby. Um, you know, and I get upset about loads of Easter eggs not falling in a fucking One Division finale. Do you know what I mean? So this is the kind of dynamic that we all talk about that later on. We're going to talk about One Division later on. You know, um, and the kids look awful. The kids, Phil and Lil, look awful. You know, like I know, like my son doesn't have much hair now, but Jesus Christ, the state of these kids and their tiny little eyes. It looks like someone photo like like a fucking Lafex twin album. Those two kids it looks like someone like a great way to fuck with people is to get a picture of people, um, like a you know whatever whatever picture you know a picture of you you've been tagged with someone on Instagram not now but you know and then to get to you know zoom in on their face right and then kind of um get like um kind of an eye you know you know those things kind of shrink you can sh- you know. You can enlarge and, and shrink on like a fo- on Photoshop. My God, I sound like I, I sound like fucking Grandpa Pickles over here. You know, you can get you can do an enlarge and you can do a shrink. You know what I mean? But if you just slightly shrink their eyes, just sh- slightly shrink their eyes, 
and then be like, "Oh, you look great," and be like, "What? That doesn't." You know. That's how you how you make someone look like a proper. Was it Richard D. James? Is that Apex Twin? Yeah, well, Phil and Lil look like that. They look awful. Um, and don't even get me fucking started on Dill. Fucking jump the fucking shark. Doy, dick, dick head. More like uh, no, no, that's no good. That's no good. Um, I realised because I had a um. And I was a bit drunk today. I was a bit drunk earlier on in the studs, um, which is why I didn't, you know. Um, well, that's not the main reason. The main, re- basically, I was doing the, I was doing a bit of sponcon, right? Sponsored content, right? Um, for a, um, a a a beer, right? And uh, I had one, right? And I was, you know, I was, pe- I was you know, pressured into it, uh, you know, by the brand. Um, you know, these these ad guys, you know, they're so, um, you know, they're so convincing. They just said, you know. Look, Tony, you know, you don't need to take a sip, but if you want to hold it up, I'm like, oh, man, what happened? Why did you make me do this? Why did you make me do this? I have a family. I can't drive me fucking son now. I can't pick up me son. I can't drive, I was saying to them. And I was all like, I'm going to have to come home, say to my wife, Terry, I can't pick up me, can't even pick up me fucking shoes. I'm so fucked out of the shoe today. (laughs) I can't even pick up me. What makes you think I can pick up me son? I can't even pick up me shoes. I said to my wife. Um, So, um, but I was in no, I was in no state. Um, <laughs> well, I was. It just, it just. Uh, there was also some bloody muppet, mate. Some fucking Kermit, bro, underneath me in a studio, just playing the same, just practicing a bit of a song over. And look, I get it. Good on you. You know what I mean? I could. I got a fucking ba- a pang of your fucking flow state. I could smell it. It was beautiful. You know, emanating from the fucking one inch thick carpet that was supposed to dampen the sound but unfortunately couldn't because you were fucking you were fucking going with your bloody fuzzy bear moppet bro gonzo mate you nosy you know um so <laughs> um but yeah doing the spawn con uh, I realised that I've been more or less performing to I've more or less convinced myself in my head that all these things, because I'm talking to a, a microphone here, and there's no, and I'm not going to do any more of those fucking live shows. Or I'm just, I'm, if I do a live show, there's going to be a guest, right? They're not funny. They're not good, right? <laughs> They're just not good. You know, me getting carried away doing, you know, I can have more people involved, and I can go off on my tangents, but it is just not, I can't do this, right? Because what I do with this is my assumption is when there's no one laughing back, is that everyone's laughing at everything. <laughs> I'm assuming that you're laughing at everything that I say. And now I had to do this, and I was on a call, on this, you know, Sponcon, and um, and I had to, uh, and you know, well, you know, I was talking with the same level of gusto as if it was funny, but it was not, not necessarily funny. There was not as many, not as many lols in return, you know. So I need, to, I need, you know, I've, I've been, bo- I've been, bo- I've had a year of bowling with the bumpers on, right? I've been, bo- which is great. Look, why, why, why waste your time uh, without the bumpers on? Do you know what I mean? And there's also you can play, have a bit of fun with it. Will I hit two bumpers before I hit a strike? You know what I mean? Will I go right there, treat it like pool? I'm going to go right there, 45 degree angle, boom, 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 strike. You know? Will I have a bit of fun with the um, the, the rolly down thing? You know, you put the ball on it, it rolls down. Will I have a bit of fun with that or the bumpers? You know what I mean? So it's great, but, I've been, but I have, but I realize now, right? And I was, <laughs> I you know, I've, you know, you're not laughing. <laughs> you're not laughing. People aren't laughing at everything. You know, there's some funny bits. Um, and it's probably a lot of funny bits, but you're not laughing at everything, which is what I think. Um, so it was nice speaking to another human being and realizing that not every single thing I say is funny. But anyway, I was trying to record that earlier on, but a bloody gonzo me making jazz downstairs. But anyway, listen, 
This podcast has a sponsor. Do you know who it is? Only the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. They are a fine brand and a fine group of people. And I stake my career on nothing ever coming out about them. Honestly, their closets are like a bloody shark's inner body. No skeletons. <laughs> Only cartilage. No, listen, I don't know why they sponsor this. <laughs> no, listen, they've had a, a couple of a very exciting weeks. They've gone through a rebrand. On the bottle, the Dublin Irish Whiskey has a fine-ass rebrand. And it's a fine-ass bottle, a fab. From the branding to the label, it's a fine-ass bottle. It's a fine brand. It looks great. Um, and do you know what? I'm not going to lie. I shouldn't get... You, they say you should never get too attached to brands. They'll only break your heart. But I'm so proud of them. Because it's properly reflective of who they are, which is a cool, dynamic, disruptive distillery out of Heart of Liberty. They're doing cool things. They do cool things where they... Um, finish their whiskies in, in, in beer um, casks to give it a bit of a flavour. They have a fantastic honeycomb liqueur. That's a whisky, but it's like eating a bloody crunchy. It's fab. But, of course, the classic Dublin Irish whisky that's aged in the bourbon barrel, which I like because it means I can drink it in an old-fashioned and I can drink it in a whisky sour. But it is an Irish whisky. But it's not your Yankee Doodle Dandy kind of Irish whisky that you're just hoping some, you know, some American with a spot and be like, ah, that's the name of the place we are. That's not an American's voice. <laughs> it says you're Dubliner, man. It's over here. We got we went we got some Dubliner, then we went to the, the Laprecian Museum. You know what I mean? That's not what they're after. It's authentic for dubs, by dubs, I'm assuming. I have this is not the copy they've gave me. <laughs> I'm pulling it. But this is look, it's a cool looking ball, and I think it's very reflective of a cool modern Dublin of which they're a part of, of which they're a fine welcome. Um, small craft distillery, and I'm uh, I'm very proud of them, and I'm very happy for them, uh, and I'm delighted that they are a sponsor of this podcast. Again, you shouldn't get too attached to brands alone. Uh, nothing will ever break my heart, and nothing will ever come out of it. Them, I'm telling you, their their inners are like a shark. Uh, the website is the dld.com. Do check it out. The Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Anyway, look, we got a lot to talk about, and I have written no notes, so this should be very exciting on this Tony Cantwell shit show. Ooh, and I know, yeah. Hey, and I know you, and you know me. And I like the way that you're looking at me. You make me feel so special. Make me want to wrestle. Make me want to pin you. Make me want to win ya. <laughs> um, so, so listen. Let's just get into it. Um, this has obviously been the number one topic on everyone's um, lips right now. It is probably in, you know, it was certainly trending on Twitter um, and my phone. I mean, I knew that the, my phone has bloody flight mode. I didn't realize my phone had bloody Vesuvius mode, mate. It's been blowing up, mate. Um, bloody C4 mode um, on, on my phone. Um, you know, it, it my phone has been blown up. It has been inundated with requests to appear on Good Morning America, um, you know, with Late Late Show, um, you know, and, and also just the, the, the DMs. Um, from people and look, I the news broke a couple of days ago about the redesign of Lola Bunny in the new Space Jam movie, um, and that the director has stated um, that he will be de-sexualizing this drawing of a rabbit from twenty five years ago. Um, I want to say thank you very much to everyone who reached out, wanted my take on this. I feel very privileged to be your go-to expert in fuckable cartoon animals. Uh, it's a beautiful Venn diagram to be um, the, 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 you know, 
to 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 be to to have to be sent an equal amount of sexy cartoon animals and pictures of people's dirty takeaways, right? So I'm a very pro. I'm honestly, I'm not even joking here. That prepubescent Tony would be over the moon to think that I would even be thought of <laughs> in the sentence of a dirty Chinese or a um or um a re a redesign of a heavily sexualized rabbit. Um, so I do appreciate that. Um, and thank you very much. And especially I want to thank people who um, were there for messages and words of consolation. Um, you know, it is it is it is a, a tricky time. Look, I'll give you a bit of a background. This is your first podcast. I am the chairperson, timekeeper, adjudicator and founder of the CCF, Cartoon Cat Fuckers community. Now, what started off as a celebration um, of cartoon cats, pretty much because there was no one else. Um, we had to pick up the slack for pretty much any kind of what we do. We're kind of like PETA. Right. Um, in that we want to protect the sexuality of cartoon animals. Um, we campaigned very heavily uh, for a redesign of Nala from the John Favreau, quote unquote, live action Lion King that came out uh, in 2019. Um, we got pretty far um, from what I understand. Uh, the terabyte of images I sent to Bob Iger, um, I believe, landed on his desk. I had I just. I just went into some zone and I started just drawing and drawing new sexy Nalas and I just sent them to the CEO of Disney, Bob Iger. Um, I'm led to believe that it landed on his desk, this terabyte of depraved deviant art photos of Nala. Um, and, um, and as you know as well, Nala did actually win. This was Nala then later in the most fuckable Disney animal competition. This was just Disney. Nala did come first. Had Lola Bunny been involved, which of course wouldn't be the case unless it was a bloody crossover Who Framed Roger Rabbit situation, which it isn't. Um, but Nala, clear winner, right? I think the closest was, who was it, Peg, who came second? Or was it Gadget Hackwrench from, uh, I don't remember. But anyway, Nala came first. So uh, we campaigned. We did not want uh, a real looking, fuck, we're not fucking, fucking for a real cat. We're not fucking depraved. We want to go into the cartoons and fuck them. We want to basically have a, a pride of our own in Elon Musk's VR future paradise. This is what we're after. This is what we're campaigning for. You know, this is what I'm fucking losing my marriage over, right? So we're fighting hard on this. So then Disney reached out to me um, and they invited me to the premiere of the new Lion King movie. That I mean, they didn't say this, but my understanding was Bob Iger loved your stuff. He has incorporated um, an amalgam of these honestly depraved images that you sent him, terabyte full. Um, and incorporate that into the new character design. It wasn't said that, but I mean, they reached out and invited me to the premiere, you know. Um, it's nothing to do with me being a quote-unquote influencer or anything like that, right? So I got the invite, I went there, and I was absolutely disgusted at what I, what I saw. I was absolutely disgusted. It was a cat. It was a, it was a who cares if the woman. All, all, all lines look like men. I have no issue with that, but it's not what I'm after. They should have put big eyes on it, big eyelashes, big mouth. Um, where's the black lip? You know, where's the, the bald head? The proper bald head. I want a little tuft. Right, I want tufts on my boys. I want tufts on my girls. Right. So anyway, look, this was, this is what happened. Um, I'm just trying to explain my expertise in in, in all things cartoon um, uh, animals and how fuckable they are. So that didn't happen. Right. That didn't happen. Um, and I'm assuming now people have been reaching out that they want me to do something similar um, to save, save Lola Bunny. You know, save her, um, save her identity. Um, and you look. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take this to the fucking. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna scream this from the fucking t- biggest hill. You know what I mean? You don't mess with Lola, right? You don't mess with, with Lola. Lola could have, right? She wouldn't have been entered um, if we had done the sexiest. And we still will. Um, animal 
you know, rest of category, not just Disney, because Disney has got the lion's share, pardon the pun, of uh, sexy animals. Um, but if it was rest of the world, I do not know. Say even fucking Angelina Jolie is a fucking fish, which she was in Shark Tale, wouldn't come close to um, to Lola. I I saw that redesign and I was angry. Oh my god, was I angry? I was angry. I was sad. I was disappointed. I was perplexed. I was confused. I was livid. But I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. This is just another example of the feminist agenda <laughs> in Hollywood. Look, I saw it with Disney. You can predict things if you look at Disney films, right? I predicted the coronavirus just by looking at the amount of uh, Disney films that weren't coming out in 2020. I mean, that's all I said, but some people have said I accurately predicted the coronavirus. Um, and look, I saw this coming a mile. We have frozen when all of a sudden they, they made uh, the legend Hans. This guy is a guy boys could really get behind. This guy, Hans, they made him out to be a bloody villain. What, because men are assholes? Is that what you're saying, man? Men are assholes? You know? What, you know, oh, oh, oh it's actually just about being bold. Uh, and it's actually just about uh, not necessarily needing a man and finding the importance of sisterhood. and having. You know what I mean? And it's not coming. Toy Story 4, give him bow trousers. Did she have trousers on the lamp and then gave her back her dress? Right? She didn't have trousers, you know. Um, you had Bloody Incredibles 2, Elastigirl, getting her time in the bloody sun, while Mr. Incredible, the legend, is a bloody cook at home. Right? Stay-at-home dad. Right? Um, But I thought that was Disney. I thought Warner Bros. were exactly that. My Warner Bros, bro. Keep the tits on the rabbit drawing. You know? Get it! I mean, look. You look at Warner Bros., they're on the right path. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let Patty Jenkins make her Wonder Woman film, right? Let it empower uh, a whole new generation of women. Let it actually stand up on its own merit against the Marvel Cinematic Universe and be a critical and commercial success. And let her have her fun. But let's get back to the real thing here with the follow-up, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and let's have a thousand upskirt shots of Wonder Woman. Let's do away with all that pride shit. Look at her hoop. You know what I mean? Judy hoops. Let's have a look. For goodness sake, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's not about this actually being a, a genius, uh, you know, retelling of the Wonder Woman story and standing up on its own merit and Gal Gadot being a sensation in it. You know, enough of that. Let's have some literally on the ground, the camera's on the ground, just staring up like some fucking pervy Japanese subway rider. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go with Japanese, but they, you know, they have carriages for women, just so you can't, anyway, I'm not getting into that. Um, but Warner Bird is going to do this. <laughs> no, look, look, um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest, two things, right? Most importantly for the CCF members, I, just, I think she's a fucking I think she's a fucking 10. I still think she's a fucking 10, right? No matter what they do to her. Yeah, they got rid of her human woman's legs. Yeah, they gave her like a rabbit's bosom and not um, <laughs> fucking Anna Nicole Smith's jabs, right? But come on, do you know what I mean? Two things, two things. Uh, well, I keep saying two things, but these are the two things, right? One, I like it, right? She looks like LeBron James. It's cool, right? There's a whole generation of kids that are going to see that and actually get to align with that. I mean, I always even ask my wife, was you like Lola Bunny growing up? Like, no, because she's not for me. She's for boys. She's not for me, you know? And she's four boys in the show, or in the show, in the movie. Tweety calls her fucking hot. Um, you know, she's called, you know, um, the hottie of the hoops or something like that, right? And like she comes out and everyone's just perving on her. I'm telling you, like they literally made an outfit for her. They would have had to have that made and say, put that on. That's different because we want to look at your belly. We want to see how 
I mean, look, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be getting turned on, right? So I'm going to calm down here. <laughs> um, you know, and it's sec- it was sexualizing. This is not what the CCF stands for, right? The CCF stands for the authentic debutifying of 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 you know where where the character itself can kind of stand alone. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you know if they decided to put you know um, I don't know a fucking mask on Maid Marian or or get rid of her eyelashes, I might kick off then. <laughs> or make her look like an actual fox, which I don't fancy. Um, Gadget hack wrench. You know, she's not sexualized. She's just like, she's pretty. She's pretty and she's geeky and she's cute. And I don't want to get again, I don't want to get into this again, right? But Lola Bunny, Lola Bunny, is like Jessica fucking Rabbit, Betty Boop, right? So it doesn't help. I think having more, I think having, this is what the CCF stands for, having more attractive, fuckable, right? accessible animals so we can get what if you what if, you know the gay girls fancy uh uh you know jessica rabbit now do you know what i mean rather than this i mean probably we're, i don't know i don't know how it works <laughs> i don't know i don't know how it works but you know um and the second thing is it doesn't take away from what you you well one you never had lola bunny right you never had her so nothing was ever taken away you can always watch space jam the 25 year old film <laughs> and and just enjoy lola bunny there that's just you can just do whatever. That's a new thing. There's a new extra thing that you can choose to let in or, or completely ignore altogether. Nothing changed. There is no canon, right? Although, actually, what's quite exciting about this new Space Jam is apparently to actually re-recruit and get the team back together. Um, Lola Bunny's off with the Amazonians. And I think it's a perfect place for her to be. She's off with the Amazonians, like with Wonder Woman. The Matrix is in it. Like apparently they're going, they're hopping through all the Warner Bros. Um, Warner Brothers fan- franchises. I think it sounds pretty great. Um, and look, my stance on this is I still think Lola Bunny um, is a ten, even with the long outfit and the no and the no jabs and the no grown woman's legs. Which actually, if you watched, if you looked at that image, that was actually fanfic. That was or, or deviant art. That's actually not what she looks like in the movie. She still looks pretty good in the movie, but she didn't look exactly like that. Um, and let's just base it on her own merit. We based it on Nala's merit. You know what I mean? Of of you know, she's a cool, powerful, sexy woman. Gadja Hakran, she's kind of cool. She's ditzy, you know. Um, Maid Marian, she's kind. Lola Bunny wants to fuck. Previously, you know. So look, I like it. I I'm a fan of it. I'll be perfectly honest. Right, I played up a bit, but I'm a fan. I think it's great, and I love the fact that there's going to be a new generation of young girls who are going to be like, "That's my girl." fucking love Lola she's cool now you know I'm now going to stay in my sport and not feel that my sport is less feminine or that it is you know it makes me less attractive uh, or um, you know I mean there's a fucking there's a percent of, of people with diabetes in America <laughs> you know what I mean get, get people get people fucking playing basketball get girls like wanting to be like Lola Bunny and not necessarily mean that she's fucking putting out and it's not even that she's putting out because she didn't put out she didn't put out at all. They just fucking wouldn't take their fucking eyes off her. The gaze, the male gaze, right? They just wouldn't. Oh, the single. What would Tweet Tweety couldn't fucking take? What would Tweety do with Lola Bunny? What a fucking hope, mate. Little fucking freak. Fucking a bird. You ever see a fucking bird like that? You're an embarrassment. Sylvester should fucking eat you in one. And he's a fucking Tom knockoff. He's a fucking dweeb as well. Half of them, nothing going on for him. Actually, he's not. Sylvester's actually class. I haven't just watched. I haven't watched Looney Tunes in a while. Um, but I welcome a whole new swath of um, CCFers 
who are in it for the right reasons. Um, and I think it's great. Have more role models like that. You know what I mean? Um, one for the girls. Um, in other news, and look, I'm not a mo- I'm not a man for fucking gossip news, right? And I'm not one for um, for royal chat or any of that shit. I I desp- I told you I despise the crown unless the crown is like is like a, a live footage of a fucking you know terrarium with a fucking load of iguanas in it, and that's the whole joke. Is that the queen's a lizard? Um. Then I don't want to know about it, right? I do not want to feel any empathy for the royals. I do not want to feel any kind of like, oh, they're trapped or any of that shit. I do not care, right? And I do not want to know any more about them. I want to just purely know them as 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 what they represent, which is just people who fundamentally believe that their blood is better than the blood of everyone else. Go, lizards. You know what I mean? You're a lizard, Harry, or is he? You know, this is the thing. Look, I'm not going to go into the whole, you know, conspiracy theory that Harry might not be Prince Charles's child, you know, because you look at the fella that Diana had the fling with, he looks the fucking spits of Harry, right? I'm not going into that, but if you do Google Prince um, Prince Harry's real dad, you see a picture of the guy, right? Um, So potentially not, you know, if he's in this kind of bloodline. Look, I've talked about this, if you listen to my Dragons episode, where I'm chatting shite about... <laughs> um, um, or maybe it was the 420 one I was talking about it. God, I don't know. That's coming up again. You looking forward to that? I certainly am. Um, Terry, I gotta go to work. Um, I um, I don't like the Royals, right? I don't like the Royals, and I don't like gossip. But if I hear that there's an interview, and I love Oprah. Look, I listen to so- uh, Super Soul Sundays. Um, I think Oprah is um, an actual entity from a different uh, reality. Um, big fan. Um, so when I hear she's going on, um, they're going on Oprah. And they're gonna they're gonna say a couple of things. What I find insane though, right, is that they got paid nothing to go on Oprah, and she sold the rights to their interview for seventy five million. So I'm, you know, did they give anyway? Um, so they just wanted to tell, and I was kind of hoping that she's gonna be like, well, my my grand, she sleeps she sleeps in a kind of like a, a vivere, she sleeps under a heat lamp, and you know the way like humans eat like chicken and things. She eats like flies. I, I've never heard Prince Harry talk. <laughs> and I thought it was weird that she like shed her skin and she fucking shit. That's Meghan Markle. So I didn't watch the interview, but uh, I was going to go through some of the main talking points and see if I can deduce any additional because she can't. They can't be going on TV. They go on TV. Said, look, um, she comes from the fucking great Draco constellation. She jumps in and out of our reality. Um, sometimes you catch her on a bad day and you can see the scales, right? Um, I, you know, but I wondered if you could kind of deduce. Any information. So I looked at the Guardian's 12 talking points. Um, and uh, here are 12 things we learned from that extraordinary interview. Let's see if we can deduce any um, reptilian um, agenda amongst this. So the first one, look, mental health crisis. It's um, the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, said she had suicidal thoughts um, during her time as working as a royal. Look, nothing to make light of here not funny you know she didn't want to be alive anymore she says she said it was very clear and real and frightening oh the the thought of wanting to okay um and i remember how harry just cradled me she claims she asked the palace for help and was denied it they said my heart goes out to you because i see how bad it is but there's nothing we can do to protect you because you're not a paid employee of the institution now listen i am not looking to make light of any kind of um, suicidal thoughts or anything that Meghan Markle was going through. However, um, it is my understanding that uh, in Area 51, um, I heard this uh, when some 
uh, guard, apparently, from Area 51 called Art Bell, Coast to Coast with Art Bell, which was like a phone-in supernatural show that used to be on in the States. And the clip's on YouTube. And he says he was a guard in Area 51. And he said that they had guards to basically guard. They had people to patrol the outside of the alien quarters where they were keeping an alien, right? That's where they had an alien, in Area 51. Um in the Nevada desert, right? So he said that the first guards they brought in to look after the alien killed themselves when they saw the alien. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. And so then the new guards had to be, there was a, a, a year-long induction that they had to kind of train people in how they were going to see the alien. And they were shown images close to, but not fully resembling the, the alien until they could actually get up to, to see how different this thing this thing was from a humanoid. Now, you know, if that was living in McGaff in a palace, I don't care what fucking how, how lovely it is. I wouldn't look. No, I can't. Okay, no, no, that, that's not. I'm not. Um, that's awful. She had to go through that. Um, yeah, I might. I might give the kind of suicide adjacent jokes a <laughs> miss. Um, okay, next one. Racism. Okay, this will be guys. Um, no, no. Um, Okay, the Duchess claimed... Oh, so this is the big story. This is the big story. Um, the Duchess claimed that while she was pregnant with Archie, concerns were raised with Prince Harry about the skin colour of their baby. Is it green? Can you ask her to check if it's going to be green? Because that, that's bad for us now, they find out. Um, in those months um, when I was pregnant, all around the same time, we uh, so we have in tandem this conversation of you won't be given security and not be given a title because um, Archie's not a prince, uh, and also concerns and conversations about how dark his how dark his skin was going to be. I mean, of course, that's the... I mean, that's right, you're racist, you're fucking racist. Yeah, it's no surprise you're racist, but it is, uh, it's very surprising that it... That, like, that is just so... And how, how what colour is it, you know? Like, as if, as if... As if they're going to know, as if that fucking matters. And why does that matter? I mean, if we're looking at this from the reptilian part, I think, right? I mean, look, I can't, can I even keep this up? It's incredibly racist. You know what you can kind of make light of it. Harry refused to share the details of the conversation, um, saying that um, the question was along the lines of what will the kids look like? Um, Megan declined to name uh, those who, the person who expressed those concerns, I think would be very damaging to them. Um I tell you, it might actually be less damaging if it's, uh, someone says, look, it was me. I was just checking if it was a reptile or not. As you know, we're a lizards. We are not. That would actually, it would honestly be look better for the royals. If they were like, we were just seeing if the boy would have scales. <laughs> you know, I look, look, I'm not racist. I don't care if you're, if you're, if you're black, brown, purple. <laughs> if you're purple, if you're blue, you know, look, I don't. Um, and look, I, I think, um. I don't know if I'd say it's brave them going on this whole thing. Um, I think, uh, but I think it's you know it's pretty badass. It's like, look, I'm gonna come out here, be like these, the, you know, I'm gonna get this media thing, this media thing that fucking uh, killed my ma. You know, I'm gonna get them on fucking my side, and I'm gonna let them fucking swing. I'm gonna let them fucking have it. You know, let's see if he said any more about the maybe the um, the kind of uh, the husk. Uh, or the hive where they uh, they sleep. Um, the feud with the Duchess of Cambridge. Boring. Okay, Meghan denied a newspaper story that was made um, that uh, that she had made. The Duchess of Cambridge, that's Kate Middleton, 
cry before Meghan and Harry's wedding uh, and said it was a turning point in her relations with the media. Asked if she made Kate cry, Meghan replied, the reverse happened. I forgot I forgot where she was from when I went English there for a second. Meghan said Kate was a good person but added a few days before the wedding, she, Kate, was upset about something pertaining to, yes, the issue was correct, the flower girl dresses. And it made me cry. It really hurt my feelings. So Kate Middleton's like, There's no bloody insects on the fucking dresses. What am I going to eat? There's no insects. There's no bees on the flowers. <laughs> you know, um... <laughs> I'm not going to eat the kids. I just want to eat the fucking insects on their dresses. Um, she says, Kate apologised at the time and bought her flowers with flies. Which I didn't eat, she said. Um... <laughs> All right, number four. Megan was silenced. Everyone in my world was given a very clear directive from the moment that uh, the world knew Harry and I were dating was to always say no comment. Megan said she was believed to, um, she was being protected by the royal institution. It was only once we were married and everything started to really worsen that I came to understand that not only was I being protected, but they were willing, they weren't willing to tell the truth to protect me uh, and my husband. She agreed with Oprah that she had been silenced rather than silent from the moment she started dating Harry. To be fair, Oprah could get me to say anything. So you were silenced, not silent. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I'm agreeing with you. So you were putting a finger up your ass every day, not silent. Yeah, I suppose I was. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, look, if you are a lizard, if you like eating the flies off of dresses, if you live in a giant terrarium... If um, you, you know, might get caught with scales on an off day, I would, you know, you don't want to be fucking, but don't tell anyone, you know. So I kind of get where they're coming from, actually. You know, she should have known that, to be perfectly honest. You know, just don't tell anyone we're lizards. That's fine. No one, please, you know, don't tell anyone. We're like, don't be like, oh, everyone in the royal, I, I met fucking Gex in Buckingham Palace there. You know, don't, don't be like dropping zingers like that, you know. I won't, don't. I don't trust you. <laughs> just don't, no, no comment. Um... Prince Charles stopped taking Harry's calls. Um, Prince Harry said his father, Prince Charles, stopped taking his calls about uh, the plan to step aside from royal duties. He denied blindsiding the Queen, saying he had too much respect for her. I've had three conversations with my grandmother and two conversations with my father before he stopped taking my calls. And then he said, can you put all this in writing? Uh, You know, can you put this on a bit of paper um, and put it at the bottom of my terrarium so I can poop on it? Um, I'm running out of paper. I'm running out of shredded paper. <laughs> I'm really reaching here for this fucking lizard thing. Um, right, is there any? Is there anything else? All right, Harry's been cut off financially. Um, stopped receiving palace money in the first quarter of 2020. We're not working there anymore. He said he needed to pay for his own security costs and was part of a motivation behind his lucrative deals with companies including Netflix. Um, he said the only other money he had left was money left to him by Princess Diana. They had a secret wedding. They're having a girl. Uh, Meghan rarely was able to leave. Uh, um, Harry felt trapped. Um, tra- yeah. Harry felt trapped. Interesting. Oprah asked Harry whether he whether he would have stepped back from royal duties were it not for Meghan. He said no. Um, he would not have. He said he was trapped, but he didn't know how. Didn't know he was trapped. Interesting. That's the thing about uh, vivariums. The glass you can see, can't see. The pris- the prison cell without the bars. You know, like I'm sure he would just walk he'd be walking out of his room, right? Getting out of his rustled fucking newspaper, 
lying on a big uh, stick with a heat lamp over him. And then he's trying to walk out like, oh, invisible. <laughs> Whatever. Invisible barrier there. Anyway, she said she thought the queen was lovely. She got her a, um, a per- pearl earrings um, uh, and, a, and a necklace. And they shared a blanket uh, with her. Look, that doesn't make her fucking nice. I've shared fucking spliffs with dickheads. Do you know what I mean? Uh, just because you share something doesn't mean, you know. And sometimes I, sm- I smoke harder because I don't like them. And it does not end well. I haven't done that since I was 17. But I remember one time I did. I, um... No, I'm not telling you that story. I'll tell you that at 420. <laughs> Remind me to tell you that story at 420. And they have chickens, which is great. They weren't allowed to have chickens previously because the queen would have eaten them all. Um, so that's very interesting. Um, I mean, pure <laughs> pure evidence. I'll be interested to see where this goes. You know, if we get any more tidbits, um, you know, about, you know, the queen's eating habits. Um, you know, if any of them are chameleon, if they can, when they all are, they're interdimensional, you know. Um, but it'd be interesting. Interesting to see where this goes. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, you, you, you can't really even be saying much on Oprah. You know, he's pretty much fucking doing fucking Morse code with his eyes. You know, they're watching everything. They're watching everything. So uh, it be interesting to see where that goes. Um, I'm going to pivot slightly here, and I'm going to talk about WandaVision. Uh, the WandaVision finale was uh, on Friday. I watched it over the weekend. And I got a couple of thoughts about it. Uh, well, not really. I'm just going to give you my two cents, which is pretty much my thoughts. Anyway, look, if you've not seen WandaVision... Um, there will be spoilers, uh, so if you want to go into WandaVision um, completely brand new, um, you can... Um, this is the end. This is the end for you. Um, look, short answer is I loved it. <laughs> short answer is I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was incredibly brave. I thought it was bold. <laughs> I thought it was brave and bold. Um, I thought it was interesting i thought it was mysterious i thought there was moments that were funny some of it's the sitcom stuff the straight up sitcom as a sitcom i was laughing my ass off on the first two episodes it's just a straight up sitcom and i didn't know what to expect when i saw it was going to be a sitcom um but what it ended up being with using using the sitcom and then the meta thing where they're actually watching the thing and then the outside world it ended up just allowing to give a, a such a diverse performance from um, an incredible performance from Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and Catherine Han, like playing so many different characters across the ages, across different sitcom types, um, outside of the hex, inside the hex, you know. Um, and I saw someone on TikTok making a very good point. I, I, I'm on TikTok. Um, I saw someone saying that what it also does is it props up um, a lot of the, the weaker parts of the MCU in general. Um, Age of Ultron, I don't think, is a great film. Uh, I didn't think it was a great film. I rewatched it. I thought it was fucking great. But also, it's just you get the whole picture of the MCU. You get to see Tony starting to slip and wanting to kind of automate, you know, I think that's his after Iron Man 3. And he's like, you know, I need to figure out a way of doing this where I'm not in the suit. You know, it's not me with the suit. You got Captain America after Winter Soldier. And he's all like, you know, what is what is freedom? Like, can we just not be lying to each other? Is this Can we just have, have freedom, the benchmark of freedom and liberty, just be not lying to each other, <laughs> you know? And um, and I remember thinking that James Spader, like, oh, would he, would would a droid really be, you know, would it, would a fucking AI not be a bit more kind of, you know, regimented and you know, I don't know, would he have that much flair? Are you rewatching it now? It's like I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck that there's James Spader just hamming up the scenery, sitting in a throne with a fucking towel over his head. I think it looked brilliant. <laughs> I think it's great. I really enjoyed it. It gets too big. It has the same thing that. You know, the first J.J. Abrams Star Wars did where they blow up nine planets. Sokovia dropping on top of the rest of the country. 
this is too big. It's too big. Where do you go from there? It's too big that I, I can't care. It gets this sort of like, you know, not uncanny valley. Like, I don't give a fuck valley. <laughs> it's just too big. I can't think about it. My mind doesn't work that big, right? And there's no consequence kind of after that, you know? Um, but you kind of see how these things go. But what it also does is just it introduces vision. You're like, oh, this is more interesting. Like, what's going on? I kind of know vision a bit better now. Um, and and obviously, you know, you see the death of Pietro. You see um, Wanda, of course. You know, you see how powerful she is then and how powerful she's going to become. You know, it's and she wasn't given a lot to do, Elizabeth Olsen. And Paul Bettany wasn't given a lot. They had a couple of scenes and they have the thing, the whole fight scene in Edinburgh in, in Infinity War. But I feel like it does give them the stage that they deserve. It gives Randall Park something to do as well. Randall Park, probably one of the finest part of uh, Ant-Man. He does that cool fucking magic tra- trick, uh, Jimmy Woo. So you, I don't like, I'm not a huge fan of Ant-Man. I, I, I like it, I like them all. But now I'll, re-wa- I'll rewatch it and be like, yeah, give me more Jimmy Woo, you know. I want to see Jimmy Woo, Monica Rambeau, and um, and Darcy from Thor do that. You know, and rewatch Thor. And I was like, oh, Darcy, she's funny. I mean, I like Captain Eddings always. <laughs> but, um, and then you got young Monica Rambeau in Captain Marvel. Her ma's in a, it, it. It it adds a lot more flair to these things that it's great to see them propped up. Um, and, again, I just loved what they did with the sitcoms. You know, I didn't really get the second episode because I don't know if that's the Honeymooners or some sitcom I didn't get. You know, the first one's obviously Bewitched or I Dream of Jeannie. Um, you know, but then, but then it uses those tropes or it uses the, the kind of setting to... You know, you got the kind of family ties when they're just being babies with the Olsen twins kind of vibe. And then you got Malcolm in the middle when they're kind of running around. And then you've got Modern Family when literally she needs to start getting stuff off her chest and she's talking to the camera, you know. Um, And all the while, all the characters are kind of changing with that. And there's some really dark moments when you just see them kind of like on the edge of the city and they're just kind of like they're like automatons and you can see they're crying and they're trapped inside. It got really dark. So when it gets to the finale, like I was thinking about it just all all week and I'm like I can't fucking wait for this as well like I'm one for I'm one for oh, I watch new rock stars on YouTube they've got all the theories TikTok had all the theories when they brought out Evan Peters and I think this is what I talked about this even on the on the pod when they brought out Evan Peters as this alternate Quicksilver Pietro dies in Sokovia in the MCU right he gets shot by Ultron right but because both Wanda and Pietro are Avengers, and also the the children of Magneto, the main villain from X-Men. It fits within, they both are kind of, they can both be owned, or interpretations of the character can be done in, if you own the Avengers um, franchise and if you own the X-Men franchise. So, Evan Peters' Quicksilver was better in X-Men, right? Aaron Taylor Johnson didn't really get much time. So then when, so when Evan Peters shows up, you're like, this is the, this is the Quicksilver, from Fox's X-Men, which Disney now own. Are we going to see fucking Wolverine show up in the fucking door next? You know, these worlds have collided, or so we thought. And that rug pull really annoyed me now. I'm not going to lie. I wish they didn't even show me that he was an actor. I wish, now of course they can undo this and they can say blah, blah, blah. You know, but I read that, that disappointed me. And and at the time seeing that, I was I was. I mean, it, it fucking shook the internet. If you were a piece of, <laughs> I was going to piece of shit. If you're a nerd like me. It's all we could talk about. What happens now? We already knew that Monica Rambeau had been changed at an atomic level. Does that mean she's an X-Men, X-Men now? Is that, is that what happens if, you go, if you're in the hex? Is everyone in Westview, are these the first new mutants? Are we seeing the introduction of X-Men? Are we going to see Reed Richards show, show up? He's the, the, you know, the astrophysicist. Is he going to be the astrophysicist that Monica Rambeau knows who shows up? So are we going to see the, uh, the first Fantastic Four? You know? 
And we already know that she's going to be in Multiverse of Madness, Wanda. You know, so we know Multiverse was coming. That's the next thing. You know, we know that the Spider-Verse is already going to be a thing. Every cast member who's ever, you know, fucking been in a Spider-Man, anything, is going to be in the new Spider-Man movie and this whole Multiverse stuff. So we're like, wow, is this... And I remember saying to Terry, this is so brave, right? Not only is this an unreal show, not only is it paying homage to some of the best, you know, TV sitcoms and doing it so well, you know, and, uh, you know, like especially that fucking Malcolm in the Middle episode. I was like, this is so fucking badass. This is awesome, you know? And using those tropes for to, to tell that story, to tell a better story, to tell elements that they couldn't, that they can't just do straight to camera, you know? And then also you got that fucking X-Files shit going on the other side with fucking Jimmy Woo and Darcy, and Monica Rambo. But not only that, wow, they're also using this platform, this show, to introduce the merger of the Fox thing, which, in co- you know, and I personally believe we're never going to see Infinity War or Endgame like that again. The closest I think we might see is X-Men. I do believe that. And whether it's an X-Men TV show, which probably would make more, most sense, I think, if they were happy to do that, you know, rather than the X-Men film franchise, I think they should do it as a TV show. I think they should do it episodic. I think if you see what what's going on H- HBO now, if you see what they do, you know, see Watchmen, like do that with X Men. It's gonna be that would be unreal, you know. Um, do 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 a fucking Riverdale in Xavier's mansion with all the fucking young mutants, you know. Like the the the, the potential for and for all that to come together for like age like a proper Age of Apocalypse that could be because if X Men is fucking so much better than Avengers, but Avengers is it's great, right? It's it's had its time in the sun, but you have no idea how. How interesting and 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 how the sort of like you know some of the the kind of social injustice things that can be said you know messages that can be said through through X Men that you can't say with Avengers they're like fucking they're a bunch of fucking Superman it's so much different with X Men anyway look the whole point is I thought and there was a lot of these kind of like Easter eggs for these sort of things or at least that's what we thought look the fact of the matter is the internet got away from us right the the, the or rather the theories got away from us right. Uh, and no finale was ever going to be able to live up to that. You know, there was talks of that it's Ralph next door, who ended up being Evan Peters very disappointingly, was going to be Mephisto, who's essentially the devil in Marvel. You know, a lot of the time when heroes are in their darkest hour, they'll turn to Mephisto and literally sell their soul to Mephisto or or take a, bar- a bargain with him. You know, in one case, Spider-Man, Aunt May was dying. He goes to Mephisto. He says, look, I will, you know, he says, take you know spare her life he's like all right i'll spare her life if you give me your marriage so you were never married to to mary jane and also he'd revealed to the world that he was spider-man and no one knows you're spider-man and they essentially everyone hated it and it was retconned and everyone kicked off and it was shit but um that happens so it's like is it does she sell her soul to mephisto does this become a bigger thing has he caused the whole thing mephisto doesn't show up you know and uh, no one shows up there was no big cameo at the end there wasn't even enough monica rambo at the end i thought she's she's like i think she's gonna absolutely fucking trump brie larson in the captain marvel movie because you've seen more of her and you know who she you know what makes her tick i don't know what fucking makes captain marvel tick i think brie larson does a great job in it and she does it's very likable in the limited amount she can do in the role of being an omnipotent fucking god but um so look the 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 finale was never going to live up to, to all the hype uh because it didn't it didn't offer that what we got was perfect closure um of of a really good season of tv that but the thing is i thought we would be changed forever i thought out of wandavision we would see the fantastic four x-men you know the introduction of mutants in general and what we have is a more powerful wanda and a white vision and that's it you know 
if we see him again, which we will, of course. You know, and look, it was it was incredible moments in it. You know, the fucking kids upstairs that hits me now. The kids upstairs, and the lights coming, vision there, and he's he's trying to play it cool, but he's like, well, you know, what, what am I? You know, and the whole Mind Stone stuff, and it was beautiful. You know, and you know, you know, <laughs> and it was heart wrenching, uh, gut wrenching, and and it was a great it was a great season, but I I wasn't, and I'm happy to talk about it now, but I wasn't. I thought, you know what I mean? I was going to like, I'm going to come in here Monday, come in here, I'm going to come in here Monday, I'm going to talk about WandaVision, and I'm going to have a lot to say. What does this mean for the future? And I don't really want to talk about it now. There's, there's nothing to talk about, really, you know? I thought every single episode of WandaVision, there was something to talk about. There's no post-credit scene that, oh, because she's mates with Captain Marvel, she's going to see Captain Marvel now. Um, is Maybe the whole thing is WandaVision's going to create the multiverse now, because she's going to try and find her kids, in the same way that, you know, Doctor Strange is a, oh, there's six million fucking ways to fucking kill Thanos and we all die. Um, but, so there, I don't have to fucking lackluster into this, <laughs> into this pod. Um, but for the some of you who like this geek chat, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Um, do give me a message. I'd like to know what you thought, because um, I liked it. But... Uh, and it was never going to live up, but I thought something, you know what I mean? Someone shows up. John Krasinski is Reed Richards. Um, you know, some new mutant. Wolverine. A new Wolverine. Someone someone shows up, they got a fucking, they got, you know, sideburns, and they say, bub, you know? Um, she drives by a mansion in Westchester, West, Westchester, Pennsylvania, that's being built. Something. That's Professor Xavier's mansion. You know, just something. Um, but again, Absolute tour de force performance for uh, the three main actors. Um, Catherine Hans is a fucking sensation as well. I love her and everything. I'd watch anything she's in. Um, Elizabeth Olsen's great. She probably got her properly got her time with her son in the sun. And Paul Bettany, it's just fucking when I he could explain that to me, and I'm like I'm so captivated. Um, so look, I give it I, I give it five stars as a show, even though do I? Yeah, no, I do. Where does it fit in the overall MCU? I need to do a ranking, actually. I need to actually do them for Movie Bake. But anyway, listen. Thank you very much for listening to this show. Uh, listening to me talk about why Lola Bunny's not sexy anymore. Listening to me uh, try and dice- decipher uh, in a gossip column about the Royals, whether there's any uh, lizard uh, hints being dropped, and uh, my rambling thoughts on the finale of WandaVision. Uh, it is a dream come true that they get to do something like this. Um, that I get to chat shit like this and uh, that people send me uh, sexy pictures of uh, cartoon animals and pictures of the Chinese um, but I especially want to thank the sponsor of this pod uh, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey go to the DLD.com and you can get yourself a lovely bottle of uh, a new bottle of the Dubliner Irish Whiskey um, and thank you very much for listening I will see you uh, on Friday um, and next week we're going Paddy's Crazy we're talking about the history of leprechauns we're talking about fairies. We're talking about Darby O'Gill and the little people. It's all coming up. Thank you very much. All the best. It's only